in three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. Uh, up and down weather. Sunny outside, but uh, kind of chilly. It's yeah. nice being in here. It's nice and warm. Well, winter was not so bad until like the beginning of the year, until January. And then it got crazy. I mean, it was cold, then it was snowy, then it was an ice storm, then it was raining. Yep. And it's cold again. It's kind of sunny. It's kind of like Mother Nature said, oh, shit. I forgot. It's Chicago. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We're going to get you <laughs> yeah. all, all through December. I think we were talking about it on the show a couple times. We're like, oh, this winter's not so bad. Oh, yeah. And then Mother Nature said, bite your tongue. Yep. Um, <laughs> which sucks for me because I'm commuting so much now from the suburbs, but oh. it is what it is. Well, we were talking about cross country skiing. Yeah. Get yeah, some we'll get skis. Soon. Man, no, you'd no. be fit. <laughs> For our fitness competition, that's what yeah, I should exactly. do. Exactly. Um, this is episode 40. So yep. what John and I wanted to do is just touch on what Wheelhouse um, is about and also kind of recap what we've kind of gone through to get to today. Um, so when we started Wheelhouse last April, John? Yeah. Yeah, April. We wanted to showcase local entrepreneurs, business owners, influencers, and just bring a podcast, netcast show that would showcase our guests but also give you guys insight into what's made them successful, their struggles, what's helped them get through some of those struggles. And um, we've had an amazing 39 episodes leading into 40, and I think 40 is going to be awesome. Absolutely. Chatting to our guests before we started, I think this mm-hmm. one's going to be a blast. Yep. And um, you know, we've gone from just being a, live, a little live show at the beginning to now being on iTunes, Stitcher. Stitcher, I always mess that one up. Nice. Google Play. iTunes, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Spotify. and soon to be (laughs) iHeartRadio and YouTube. And the other cool thing is our Mm. website is now live. So if you go to www.aewheelhouse, you'll have all of our past episodes. Every week you're going to see our next featured guests Mm -hmm. and um, share us, like us. The more you guys um, have been sharing us and commenting, the more viewers we've gotten. And obviously it helps us out, but it also helps out all of our guests. So thank you to you guys for uh, 40 awesome episodes. And we have some. So we have some people who watch every single week. Yeah, like Maggie. She does. Number one fan. She is. She's your number one fan. <laughs> oh come on. How She's cute. Mine and wheelhouses. So sort what, of what yours. What about me? I'm not sort of mine. Number two. Number Ma- three. Maggie's watching. So Maggie, if you if you can comment, let let them know you're my number one <laughs> fan too. Um, any shout outs before we get started? I do. I've got a few. Shoot, I haven't even thought of any. Oh yet. come on. All right. So, uh, I got a. One of my buddy's fathers uh, fell and broke some ribs, had some, he's just having a hell of a time. I'm not going to get into it, but uh, his name is Ted. I've known him since I was 14, 15 years old, and I just want to wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, Also, my sister is leaving to go down to Dallas on Saturday or Sunday. She's starting uh, training for Southwest Airlines. Oh, cool. Yeah. Going to join Maggie? She's very excited. Yep. Uh, And I'm going to put a graphic up. This one is really cool. So the gentleman that's on the screen, uh, Dr. Ted Siegel, he he owns Big Smile Dental. And it's up on North Milwaukee uh, about uh, diversity. Every Valentine, Valentine's Day, he does a dentist with heart. 
So what he does, he opens his doors and does free dental work for people in the area who don't have the money but really have the need. Wow. wow. He brings, so he, like I said, I, 14, I believe this is year 14, he started just he and his crew and then uh, started reaching out to other dentists and periodontists and they do work for about 100 people in a day. Holy smokes. Just because their dental insurance is tough and dentistry is very, very expensive. And he tries to take care of the kids predominantly. But if there are adults who have cavities or need a root canal, all free. Uh, it's all on him. Everybody volunteers their time. There are dental companies that uh, give products and tools and such that they need uh, for the day. And it's just, it's his way of giving back. Oh, well, wow. yeah. I'm going to piggyback your shout out and give a shout out to uh, Dr. Siegel then. Cause yeah. that's, um, he is that's awesome. Really cool. We had a great conversation, uh, I don't know, a couple of days ago and we'll probably have him on the show. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. kudos to him and what a giver's gain mindset. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. So that's, that's really all I got for, for my shout outs. Well, I will piggyback <laughs> because I said I didn't have one for Dr. Siegel because that, that really is incredible. I concur. Okay. I concur. Very absolutely. cool. I'm going to get into our guests because we have two amazing guests in the studio. We always have great guests, but we I do. think these two are going to be a lot of fun together. Yep. Um, my first guest, I'm going to try not to butcher her name because we've asked you how to pronounce your last name 10 times already. You could do it. Michelle Stromberg Olhaber. Haber? Did I do it good? Olhaber. Let's see, I goofed it up. She's the, he's, he's, he's like, so-so. Tim's like, you did okay. <laughs> the executive director of the Chicago Gateway Green. Um, I'm going to let you tell us what Gateway Green does so I don't butcher it for everybody. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. And um, Chicago Gateway Green is a nonprofit, public-private partnership. And basically, it's all about the greening and beautification of the city, the expressways, gateways, and neighborhoods through landscape enhancement, litter and graffiti removal, and the installation of public art. And it was founded by Donald J. Porter, who was a big um, executive with Hyatt, and he founded it in 1986. And he really believed his vision was, he loved Chicago, first of all, but as you come in from the airports and you're driving into the city, um, your first impression, right there at the expressways, what are you going to see? And he really made it his number one priority to make sure you're going to see green, you're going to see trees, flowers, and just something very uplifting and beautiful. And that's um, it's been almost 33 years now. And every year it gets bigger and better, and our initiatives keep growing. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm personally thrilled to be part of such a great organization. Well, it's, you know, I was a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who's from New York. So we were having this whole show, which is the better city. And I said that Chicago is a better looking city. No, no offense to New York, it's a great city, but. It's a little bit dirtier. It doesn't have all the green space. I mean, you have Central Park. But Chicago has so much green space. And it's for such a big city, even if you compare it to an L.A. or Miami, I mean, we're all biased because we're, you know, uh, natives of Chicago or moved to Chicago and made it our home. But it's, it's really a beautiful city. So you guys do an incredible job. Well, that's so nice of you to say that. And, and again, we have some wonderful partners that we work with, uh, great sponsors. Um, and we do some really great initiatives during the year, big tree plantings where... Um, you know, we see the need to 
go in where it's bare and just, you know, cover the area and get the community involved. We're about that too, really getting Chicagoans involved. It's their city. We want to make it great. We want to make it better. Um, and it is Chicago architecturally, the lakefront, you sit there and you're just, it's unbelievable. You have all these unbelievable buildings and then you have the lakefront and all the green space. We're so fortunate to live here. I tell people if this, if we had Southern California's climate, this would be the most expensive place on mm -hmm. earth because it just, it, in the, especially in the summer, like you said, you got the lakefront, you have the river doing like the architecture tour coming in through the city, even driving, like you said, from O'Hare to Chicago, when you drive up on the skyline, it's just a pretty city. And today I was driving in from Northbrook because we were doing this today. I was researching a little bit about what Gateway Green does. Mm -hmm. You guys have beautified even the expressways leading in. So it's, it's a very inviting city for tourism because when somebody is coming into the city, it's just a beautiful city. Well, and you touched upon something too, which is the Rebel River Walk, right? Yeah. So um, again, our founder, Don DePorter, that was his vision too, to develop really? that river walk and make it so people could enjoy that. And look, I mean, I don't know if you've been down there lately, but it's unbelievable. And I've lived here 28 years, how it's now just, everybody wants to be down there in the summer and just walk along and enjoy the green space and taking the boats and just all the wonderful restaurants down there and everything too. So that was part of his vision. Again, anything to make Chicago that much better and, you know, the greening and beautification, the that's one of the things that right now we're we're working on. I'm gonna show you this right now. Can yeah, I touch on this? this? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about winter Everybody green. has their winter green yep. pin. Yep. So John, I you can't zoom that close I in on my boob. <laughs> My left boob. But we... <laughs> I have a pin. Well, part of... And again, I just uh, joined the organization pretty recently in December. But um, we have an associate board that is a tremendous group, uh, very professional, outgoing, dedicated uh, young people that are all about our mission. And they are putting on a really great event on February 21st at Apogee okay. at the Dana Hotel. Yeah. And so we encourage everyone to buy... A ticket, please. It's $40, and that all the proceeds go to Chicago Gateway Green. And it's going to be super fun. It's networking. You'll get to find out more about what we do, upcoming events. And it's going to be great food, great drink, and um, we'd love to see everybody. You guys throw a really awesome event because I've been to Green Tie Ball, which is incredible. So you guys, and I know John's dealt with, uh, or you've been a part of Gaming for Green. Absolutely. So every event I've ever been to of yours has always been a whole lot of fun. Like you said, great networking. There's a ton of local influencers from Chicago there, and that's a great uh, venue as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's coming up. If you like to gamble, um, that's at the um, July 18th okay. at Galleria Marchetti. Okay. And that's a really fun um Texas Hold'em, casino, really great food uh, that Gallery Marchetti provides. And the space there, hopefully it's a beautiful day because just to walk around, if you're not a gambler, you're still going to have a great time. Yeah. Um, and there's opportunity when you come to the Wintergreen to get discounted tickets for that, too. We're really encouraging that. Um, but that's a super fun night, July 18th. And then our Green Tie Ball is coming up in September. Awesome. So every it's a theme. Every year it's our 28th Green Tie Ball, and I can't wait. Um, still a little bit of a secret on details, but it's going to be super fun. You okay. guys all better come. It's fun every single year. I've been a couple times, and they're big events. So you're almost event planning as well. I mean, you're doing the whole non nonprofit, but those events are not small undertakings to put on. 
They're huge undertakings. Absolutely not at all. And the fun thing about um, the gala, the Green Tie Ball, is it's well over a thousand people. There's always phenomenal entertainment, celebrities, politicians. It's really the gala in the city. Um, again, this will be our 28th one. And um, there's really fun musical entertainment. Dr. Bombay, so much fun. Everybody, he, they get the crowd going. And then we have about 25 different restaurants that participate. And people love that. So they can great sample fun. all great Chicago restaurants in one venue. So just putting it all together, um, I have my... Uh, assistant over here gina and she's without her i don't know where i'd be but um yeah shout out to gina yes (laughs) so we're really excited about all of our events coming up and um all the other things that we're involved in too yeah so john you uh ran the graphic yet for uh i have the uh, winter green i have indeed awesome so for those of you listening get tickets like i said i've been to their green tie ball it's an incredible event i know john's done uh gaming for green i'm sure Mm-hmm. The winter green is going to be very, very cool as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so what got you into uh, Gateway Green nonprofits? How did you get there? I mean, for me, I've had a really interesting story. I grew up, I, we were talking about before, uh, I'll make it brief, but I grew up in the East Coast and ended up studying in Scotland at University of Edinburgh. I was an English major. I majored in Shakespearean studies and Scottish oh. literature. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? You go into theater. And I had a job, and then the job is over. I was a production assistant, so now it's like, how am I going to earn money now? And I thought I'd go back to the East Coast, but I met so many Chicagoans in Scotland. They said, try Chicago. It's a great city. And my parents agreed. My dad used to do a lot of traveling there. So I left Scotland, went to Chicago, and my dad said, you have a week to find a job, or you're coming back to the East Coast with me, because he had a meeting in town. And so sure enough... It was that Friday, and I was meeting him at the Ritz-Carlton that night for dinner, and I had no job, and I loved the city. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I walked into Neiman Marcus. This is 1989, and in those days, you could walk right in, and I said, hi, I'm Michelle. I need a job. My dad's going to be here. And sure enough, this wonderful woman came in and said, did you find anybody for designer couture dresses? And this young lady said, oh, it's Michelle right here. So she interviewed me. And she said, yep, perfect. She had been a theater. She was from San Francisco. She had been a theater major herself okay. at one point. So hit it off. So I was leaving, and the gal, her name was Marianne, said, where, are you, where do you live? I said, I'm staying with a friend. She said, I would love for you to be my roommate. I need a roommate. Whoa. I live at 1958 North Burling or something like that, Lincoln Park, which meant nothing to me. I said, okay, I'll be your roommate. So sure enough, I met my dad, and he said, well, what happened? I said, well okay, I got a job at Neiman's, and then I'm going to go live on Burling. So he said, okay, I'll pay your first month rent, and we'll buy the bed, and there you're on your way. And that was it. And then I, from, from uh, retail, then from there, ultimately, Marianne wasn't so nice. She decided she wanted her old roommate back and said, time to go, and I didn't have a lease. Oh, man, how, how a, far into being there? Well, I was there maybe four or five months, and she said, you know, Michelle, you're going to have to go. I said, what are you talking about? She said, yep. I have another friend that's moving back from Colorado, so bye. And I said, I can't believe this. So that's why I got into real estate, because I decided that I better learn quickly what my um, rights are and what's happening here. So 
that's what drove me into getting into the real estate world and learning about leases and and all of that because I had been naive and silly and I just accepted a handshake and a you know a, a verbal agreement and I got pretty screwed on that deal frankly so uh, I got into real estate and ultimately then went and worked for a Tribune and ran their relocation business as we were talking about before yeah. and loved that and did that for about 10 years and from there, I went and worked for Starwood, and when the W brand opened, I got to open W Hotel it's across, around, and I don't know, warm, witty, wonderful, whatever, whenever. Have you ever been to a W? It's a fun hotel, Every right? Every single one of them is fun and nice. They're yeah. fun? Very high end. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was a really fun experience, and I also had an opportunity to work for Entertainment Cruises, which is the biggest dining cruise. They're... Um which which boats are theirs? They're well, they're the largest tenant Odyssey. at the pier. So it's the Odyssey, Odyssey. Spirit, Mystic Blue, That's the Sea right. Dogs, the Elite. They are they're all of them basically. It's though. a tremendous company. Great people to work for. And I did their corporate business. And you talk about events, you know, I mean, huge parties, huge boat buyouts, and I loved to get involved with that side of things and really ramp up the entertainment, ramp up the theme and make it really just a blowout event. And that was way too much fun. And and cruising on Lake Michigan in July with the fireworks, you cannot beat it. Well, Dave and we do, the last two years, our real estate office, Main Street Real Estate Group, we've done the Mystic Blue for a holiday party in mm -hmm. December. And they people, I think people forget, you can actually cruise out in December and still get a pretty nice cruise. Um, and they throw an awesome event, so. They throw an awesome event. It's such a great group of people. And they cruise your route. Yeah. They do. They said as long as the water wasn't choppy enough to make people on the boat sick, which would have stunk for a holiday party, um, <laughs> they would go out. And both years, even in kind of choppy water, they went out and we had a great time. Exactly. And they are determined to go out. They'll have the icebreaker too and everything. Oh, really? They will make sure. Yeah, because the corporate, hey, people corporate go business, out. absolutely. Yeah. And then just from there, I went and became publisher of Wear Magazine. The, which was the largest tour and travel magazine. And all of my years of hotel and real estate and being in Chicago and getting to know all the restaurants and venues, it was perfect. I got to work with some really fantastic people and loved, loved that job too. The where it used to be in every hotel room. Where to go, what oh, to okay. eat, what bar, what restaurant. Now people just ask, sorry, what do I do? Right, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. but... Um, yeah, so I really, really enjoyed doing that. And then um, when that kind of came to an end, I, I did my own marketing and PR. And then um, also was involved as an elite matchmaker for a bit. Okay. So that was super fun. Obviously, being here for 28 years and being connected in so many different ways in the city, I have a lot of friends. And I know a ton of You're going to get a lot of my friends now messaging or commenting about wanting to be set up with somebody. Ah, okay. Well, I can certainly uh, give them some advice for sure, like to do that. But um, yeah, and we'll then- get them off Tinder and Bumble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those count as elite matchmaking. <laughs> yeah, no. Those are the uh, bottom quick, tier. Quick, <laughs> quick matchmaking. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and then um, I was fortunate enough to- um, be approached by Granta Porter, of course, who is the chair of Chicago Gateway Green um, in the winter months here in December. And, um, and that kind of, this is where you asked me how I got here. That's how we, there was a position that um, obviously was open and he felt that my skill set would work. And Grant and I worked very well together when I was at the magazine. 
and I felt certainly very honored and privileged that he would think about me. And I have a tremendous board, that executive board that I report to, and there's a great group of people. So it's only been a couple months so far. I'm still getting my feet wet, but I just feel like this is the place for me to be right now. Well, you have so much Chicago experience. I mean, you obviously have a lot of experience in different realms of business and hospitality and PR and marketing, but any which place in Chicago you have experience. I mean, from, you said, when did you move here? 89? Yep. 89 till now. I mean, you probably know the city inside and out. We were saying, yeah, the year Gibson's open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you pro- yeah. probably know everybody in Chicago at this point. It's funny. I There isn't a day where I, and I'm sure other Chicagoans who have been here a long time, but because I've been involved in so many different arenas, you know, I was telling you too, I was I worked in a preschool for a bit where my son went to school as well in between. But um, there, I mean, two or three people a day down the street. Really? And it's third largest city, but I'm like, this is my, this is my town. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the Midwest is just the people are unbelievably friendly. Mm-hmm. Midwesterners are a little trickier too. Like unlike New York and LA, where everybody just sort of goes in, dives in. You got to kind of win over the Midwest folks mm-hmm. a little bit. You got to really gain their trust, and you got to make sure that you're the real deal and build the confidence with that relationship. But once you do, then I think you're golden. And that's just my my experience. And that means a lot to me because I've really worked hard at every job I've had and everything I've done. And, you know, my word is true, right? And if I like you and want to promote you or whatever the case is, I'm going to be there for you 110%. I think think you make a really good point. I think Chicago, first, it's a big city, but it's a big, small city. Yeah, I feel like everywhere you go, if you've been in Chicago long enough, you're going to bump into somebody. Whereas I think in New York, you might never bump into people that you know, because it really is such a large scaled city. But I agree, being a business owner here, you got to build a lot of trust with people. But once you've built that trust, and you've established that business, and I think we're gonna talk to Tim about his businesses too, in a second here. And you know, I think once you build trust with people and consumers in Chicago or your clients, that's lifetime trust, unless you do something to goof it up. But it's it's true trust and it's uh, uh, a true um, network of people that are going to follow you from, in, in your case, from um, you know venue to venue or from event to event or with all the different things that you've been doing since 1989 here mm-hmm. in Chicago. 100%. I feel very fortunate about that. Yep. Um, Anything else outside of um, obviously Wintergreen with Gateway Green coming up that um, we can tell people about? Is there uh, any new parks, anything coming up that... uh... Well, again, our events right now that we are working on is the Gaming for Green July 18th and more to come in terms of the Green Tide Ball. But you can certainly follow us on our website and on our links and we'll do all of that. We are working on a, of course, Earth Day is coming up, April 22nd. Okay. So Arbor Day, Earth Day, and all of that. So we usually do a day of impact. We're still getting um, details of that um, wrapped up, but you can find that shortly on our website as well. We have a newsletter that Gina is extremely great at getting all of that. And we we love participants. Generally, um, a day of impact would be a big tree planting and garbage removal and, you know, getting the community together, corporations together, and really partnering on um, group efforts to, you know, it's spring and we want to get the city going in the best possible way we can as the season kicks off. Awesome. And you, we spoke off air about this. You mentor a lot of, um, entrepreneurs and business people, especially women, correct? 
Exactly. Something you're passionate about. Well, it's true. I mean, when I came to Chicago, it was sort of like, okay, Michelle, figure it out. And honestly, my father always felt a little bit guilty because he was Swedish. He was president of a Swedish company, but he wasn't heavily networked and didn't have all of this. I have two older sisters. He wasn't like, okay, girls, here, call this guy. It was sort of like, you have your education, you have your wits about you, now go figure it out and be successful, okay? And don't not be successful. So that was, you know, one of those things that was like, okay, um, here we go. So I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to rely on yourself and do the best that you can, right? And, you know, know in your heart that, you know, whatever you come to the table with, you're going you're gonna to make it happen. Right. And you have some books in front of you because you're an avid reader. Do you want me to share them or hold them oh, up? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Tell me which. Uh, tell me about this one. I'll, I'll go to both of them. This one well, is the secret. Yes, to being we're an talking about mentoring. woman. Yes, we're talking about mentoring. And again, if I can help and mentor anybody, I really want to because I know it's tough out there. And yeah. Erica Gilchrist is a friend, um, and she's written 11 books. Um, she's amazing. Unstoppable woman. And again, but this is for women and this is for men. I mean, it's for anyone. Basically, it's about having the confidence and not giving up on yourself. And, you know, some of her lines are like, be your own best friend. Stand beside yourself. Start at the top, not at the bottom, right? A lot of people think, oh, I got to work my way up. No, think big. Start at the top. You deserve it, you know? Don't I sabotage yourself, you know? Give yourself that pep talk. Know that you're worthy. Um, you know, don't break yourself down. Because we're always like, oh, I wish I was thinner. I wish I was taller. I wish I was smarter. I wish. Instead, it's like, no, you have these great abilities. Believe in yourself. And um, don't doubt yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing for me when I'm mentoring anybody is, you know, well, first of all, if I'm your mentor, I'm going to be there for you 110%. Call me 3 in the morning if you want. And my husband sometimes is like, oh, my God. You know, you really put yourself out there for everyone. But, you know, that makes me happy in my heart. So that's my happiness. Awesome. Right? And um, it's not easy today because there are a lot of people that are all about themselves. Right. But if you can get, you know, and if you can help someone and see their growth and development, even make a call and say, you gotta, you got to hire this person, give this person a shot, um, and just sit with them, help them with their resume, help them write a letter, whatever it is. You know, that means so much to them. And then you see what happens from that, and it grows and blossoms, and then you, you see they got that job. And I don't know. To me, that's worth any – forget the money. It's just like I can go home and go, I, you know what? I'm a good person, man. I helped that person, and I did a good thing. Yeah, you really have that giver's gain mindset where you're giving to other people. And I always say when I mentor – mentoring people, I learn from it. And I just get that givers gain mindset, which makes a lot of sense with you now in a nonprofit type business, because you have that mentality of give back to either it be the community or other people in the community. A hundred percent. And we were just talking about that today is that I truly feel really blessed and fortunate that I wound up in this role now, um, because I'm at that place in my life where I know how great the city is. I know so much in the city, people, contacts, and I can use my skills and talents to take it up the next notch, grow the foundation, uh, grow our associate board, grow our sponsors, everything, and roll up my sleeves and give it my heart and soul. And I, I, it's just sometimes you just get put where you're supposed to put. I mean, put where you're supposed to be placed, right? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just I wake up and I go, this is right for me, and I'm excited. 
I love the quote. Um, people say you got to be at the in the right place at the right time. I always say you have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. And you obviously were the right person to be in that right place at the right time. I'd like to think now. so. Mm -hmm. You have a shout out from Stephanie Emmerich. Uh, she says Wintergreen, the place to be next week. It's on. John was asking me to ask the date again. It looks like he's going to hold up a love letter for me again yeah, on this note. Yeah, February twenty uh, first. Mm -hmm. And what time is it? Six p.m. to eight p.m. Six p.m. to eight p.m. Okay, awesome. And then I'm going to show this, share this other book because we love sharing book ideas. And I'm going out of town on the twenty first, so I always love good book recommendations. This one is Happy City. John, can you see it? My little yeah. T Rex arms. Yeah. Well, Happy City is really an interesting book, and Gina turned me on to that one. Um, and it's all about where you live and your environment and does it make you happy? How does your environment affect your day-to-day -day happiness? Whether it's, and we all know, like in our case, the greener and more beautiful trees and flowers and plants, that just puts you in a different mindset. When you're driving into the city and you see that, you're relaxed, you feel calmer. You're in a better place versus just concrete and garbage and graffiti, right? Agreed. So your environment plays such a role, and how can how can we as a people improve upon our environments? Whether it's being kinder to your neighbor, or improving the green space, making it better that way, um, you know, just being a better citizen. There's a whole there's a whole lot to this. It's not a quick, easy, fast read because it really makes you think about things. Sure. Mm -hmm. I um real quick my favorite park in Chicago and I don't know if you you have one because they're probably all like your uh like it's like who's your favorite child if you have a couple kids you can't say one mm -hmm. might <laughs> um but I love Olive Park mm -hmm. it's and, and for those of you who don't know what Olive Park is it's just next to Navy Pier but you almost would miss it if you didn't pass the Ohio Street Beach and keep going. But I just feel like that park, it sits on the lake, it has the most beautiful views of the city. And a lot of people go and take engagement photos there. But if you've never visited Olive Park, I think it just, it's such a perfect depiction of Chicago. It's green space sitting on a lake with an amazing, amazing um, skyline view. It's probably my favorite park in the well, city. Well, I, I so agree, and it's interesting. I used to live at Lake Point Tower for many mm -hmm. years, and when you think about how I've lived in Chicago for the past 28, there was nothing at Navy Pier, and now Navy Pier is one of the number one tourist right. attractions in the state. But it's so close to Olive Park, and when I lived at Lake Point, we would do that whole loop around and walk around, and they have fireworks on Saturdays and Wednesdays in the summer. And, but you're right, Olive Park is magical. I lived at 512 McClurg for 11 years. So mm -hmm. for a lot for a long time I was able to just like look over and see Navy Pier and then 505 McClurg went up and just blocked my view. Ah. But I was right there and uh, just really really loved that area of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Olive Park, it's awesome. Um, I'm going to jump into Tim really quick and then we'll have a little bit of a round table. Um, my second guest, who's been waiting patiently, and I'm excited to chat so with him. So patient. So patient. <laughs> Tim Shepardson, he's the owner of the Rocks Bar Group. They got three restaurant locations in Chicago, North Center, Lakeview, and River North. Yes. If I, if I messed that up, let me know. Um, tell me about Rocks. Uh, we've been around for since 2005. We had our first place in Lincoln Park and had it for about 10 years and lost our lease and picked up and moved that to North Center. Uh, we've had the one on Broadway and Lakeview for about 10 years and the one in River North for about a year. So, so far, so good. A lot of, you know, the restaurant business is a challenging one, but, yeah. you know, so are all businesses. You know, everybody says having one restaurant's difficult. I think 
when you when you think about businesses in general, and I have a couple of friends that own um, restaurants and bars, everybody says that's probably the highest failure rate in a business is a restaurant. And you've done so well that you now have three of them. Right, but that doesn't mean I haven't had failures. Um, my business partner and I, we opened a soccer bar that made it for about three months and failed. So, you know, it happens. You've got to swing for the fences, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But anybody that's an entrepreneur knows that you're, you absolutely have to expect to have failure sometimes, and it's how you bounce back. Sure. And, you, you know, you save, you take risks, you try to find the right people to work with you because without that, not, none of it works. Yeah, it, I always tell this to people who have a fear of failure and they want to get into business. No successful person ever has gone on to become successful without failing at something. No, absolutely it's, not. It's, it's impossible that that happens. Yeah. Um, and you touched on the right people. I think in the restaurant business especially, I mean, in any business, personnel matters. But I always find that my buddies who have bars and restaurants say personnel in a restaurant business is so important who you have working there, and then getting the right dynamic of staff and, and people in the restaurant. Yeah, it's tough. Hiring is one of the hardest things, and unemployment's low, and finding the right people, and firing people, that's tough. I've had to fire a lot of people over the years, and you know it's, it's hard when you first have to do that, but then over time you figure out that you know you really don't fire people people fire themselves by not doing the job they said they'd do. Right. So, you know, I've never fired somebody because I don't like them. I fired them because, <laughs> like, you said you do this job. You didn't do it. So what are we doing here? So all those people that might be listening that you fired, he didn't really dislike you. You just didn't do your damn Some job. Some of you I dislike. <laughs> Some of you. And you didn't do your damn job. Right. Both. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And you guys do a lot of uh, burger, beers. With, I mean, you guys do yeah. a lot of stuff, but. Big on burgers, beers, whiskey, right? Yeah, we're called rocks because if you get a whiskey on the rocks, you get a two-inch by two-inch ice cube. Okay, So it doesn't get cool. watered down too quickly. But yeah, a ton of burgers in the summertime, at least a 1,000 burgers a week. Whoa. Um, yeah, and a lot That's of good a lot whiskeys. Of yeah, it's a lot of burgers. Um, and you guys have a big burger challenge, huh? We do. We've got a, it's like a five-pound burger challenge, and you got 30 minutes to eat it. You can't vomit it. If you do, it doesn't count, which is a good rule in life. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, if you get it, you get a T-shirt. It's got the caloric intake on the back. If you want to see what you've just done to yourself, and uh, somehow you can figure out how much time you've taken off your life, probably a lot. A T-shirt and a really messed up couple days after uh, that's true. A burger. Yeah, it binds you up a little bit. I don't want to get too graphic, but. <laughs> um, and how often do people fail at that thing? I'd say about ninety percent of the time. We had three people doing it this afternoon. Like they call ahead and they get excited and they try, and most of them fail. Um, you know what, John? Are you a good competitive eater? Or I mean, not competitive eater. Can you eat a lot? So, well, yes, yes. I short answer is yes. Uh, but Maggie and I frequent one of Tim's places, uh, the one on Broadway, and I've seen it. Not chance in hell, man. You can. I'll cheer you on. I'll buy. It. Well, if if he does it, if he does it's it, free. it's free. Yeah. So if you do it, I'll buy it for you. Well, after the yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> nice. After the fitness challenge that we have going, yeah. I want to give this a shot. I was going to challenge you because I don't yeah. know if either one of us can finish it no. to see which one of us would get further yeah. along finishing it. We'd uh, both probably fail. It'd be okay. what? It's thirty bucks if you fail, right? right? Yeah. So sixty bucks to uh, rocks because we're going to fail. Yes, um, miserably, <laughs> probably pretty bad. I imagine. And it's like men always think they're better at everything than they actually are. I imagine most of the guys come in like, yeah, I can eat that. And oh, like yeah. you said 90% of them fail. Yeah. 
Now, we've, we've had a handful of competitive eaters, and those people come in and destroy it. But if you're just a regular person who thinks they like to eat a lot, it's pretty tough. Yeah, you're not well trained in eating. No. And the competitive eaters, that's crazy that they finish it so much faster. But I suppose they're just training to do that all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, good for them. Well, I guess. Yeah. That's a strange it's talent. Weird, yeah, weird skill set to right. have. Doesn't really translate to normal life that well, but... No. So, uh, the burger thing aside, if after the challenge, we want to go in and do something with the whiskey, because they have awesome, uh, awesome whiskey selection. Um, you and I can go do a Are little... Are we doing a drinking... Situation. There is no whiskey <laughs> challenge, though. Yeah, yeah. If you can drink 30 <laughs> drinks, glasses of whiskey, no, we... Think yeah, you get in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna make a mess of rocks. Yes. he's like, please don't True. come in there please and do that. Yeah, okay, maybe not. Maybe uh, we'll just go in and have a drink. Yeah. Um, did you always want to get into restaurants? Was that something that you grew up knowing you wanted to do? Um, a lot like my co-guest today, I also went into theater, mm. and my wife and I moved to Chicago from Michigan and thought we were going to be actors and actresses. And she did a little longer than I did, but I got involved in the restaurant business. I was a, a a door host at the Cubby Bear across from Wrigley Field. Oh, that's okay, great. cool. And uh, from there, went to Bar Louie for a few years, and then you know decided that the acting thing I didn't I didn't love it enough to truly be an actor. You have to accept a life of poverty mm-hmm. and accept that the pursuit of the craft is your payment. And then I realized that I like nice stuff, yeah, <laughs> and steak dinners and good whiskey. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do this as a struggling actor. So got stayed in the restaurant business and loved it. And very happy to still be here. It's interesting that you both were in theater and came to Chicago. No stops to L.A. L.A. wasn't like, hey, let's New York or New York. Yeah, yeah. I guess it New always York looked it, it looked more intimidating to me being a small town person from Michigan. And uh, we had a theater professor that was from Chicago that always interesting, you know, talked about how great Chicago was. So I think he's the one that uh, really got us looking at it. Steve Berglund, shout out, shout out, not as good shout as I was watching Central Michigan zone. <laughs> well, we have a. a Couple shout outs. You have a Joshua Face Tings that said he likes the tater tots. Good tater tots. Sure. And then Maggie actually said best staff in Lakeview Joyce, Mike, Kyle, Dave, Megan, Chris. All awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of that's individual a lot of, shout yeah, outs. Yeah. I'm, I think they may outs. have. <laughs> I think every, every person should get one shout out or two, but six or seven, that's too many. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie, you shouted out the entire Lakeview staff pretty, there. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, and awesome. the problem is with the amount of shout outs that Maggie gave, if you're not on that list, oh, yeah. now <laughs> yeah. I would just be hurt. So it's not blowing oh, out their candle funny. makes mine burn brighter. Ouch, <laughs> that's true. Maggie, now you're going to have to learn everybody's name in Lakeview and then re-comment and shout out to them as well. Sure. Trust me, she will. Because now they're she, all going to feel we, bad. We write it oh, down. is that the number one fan person you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Maggie. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's my girlfriend. That's his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> she did earlier say she is a fan of John and me. So you see that, John? Yeah. Well, Both I, of us. Me first. That's, that's she didn't put, you, she did put your name first. <laughs> Maggie, if you disagree, you can change that and say, <laughs> um, and how do you spend your time? Because running one restaurant location is very difficult, but going from one to three is obviously a, uh, a time situation. There. Yeah. I've got a great business partner, uh, George Manta. He and I met at the Cubby Bear, uh, and you know, we split our time between the, the, the units and we've got a great district manager, Kristen, and then we've got a ton of other people and a ton, ton of other good managers. So we find ourselves managing those managers and the decisions and problems that come up and personnel issues and, you know, accounting problems. And, you know, we, 
help facilitate the decisions that they have to make with the staff that's underneath them and their units and we're analyzing numbers and figuring out things that there's problems with and we're tackling it from that direction but frankly it's nice i'm 43 now and you know the first five ten years in this business when you're up till three in the morning every night bartending and i'm just not as cool as i used to be and <laughs> nobody wants me waiting on them anymore so uh, frankly I bet it's, you can it's still nice. bartend and- I, I, you know when i bartended i didn't have to make all the craft cocktails now That's it's true. all six touch cocktails and mm-hmm mint sprig crap on there and they're delicious but i'm really glad that when i bartended it was a jack and coke and a shot of jaeger yeah and that's it and get the hell out of here maybe eventually it was a jaeger bomb and you just threw some red bull in there and it's that true was it. that's true yeah. yeah that's true i never actually think about that now when you go to a restaurant there's so many mixed cocktails that have like 10 different ingredients in them and it's yeah. crazy well that's what i mean the restaurant business is about market trends and seeing what's going to happen. And, you know, four or five, six, seven years ago, only a handful of places had a great craft cocktail list. But now if you don't have one, you're absolutely behind because people expect a great Manhattan, a great old fashioned. They expect every bar to be able to make those things. So you have to see, you know, you don't want to be too far ahead of the curve because then people aren't ready for you. Right. But you've got to be towards the front of it because you've got to give the customer what they want. You can't try to give them what you think they want because they'll go somewhere else. And it's like you mentioned, it's a market shift constantly. And you guys have to really be in touch with what the folks want. Yeah. And, and it, I think it almost shifts sometimes from neighborhood to neighborhood in Chicago, too. It's, it's you know, obviously Wicker Park and Bucktown is almost one unit. And then you go to Lakeview and then River North. It's, it's almost like a different um, clientele but what's cool about what you guys are doing is everybody loves burgers everybody loves beer and everybody loves whiskey that's true but at our three locations we've tried lots of different promotions lots of different different special nights and some of them work great at one place and they don't work great at the other so you can't be so locked into your idea that you're going to ride or die with it you try it it doesn't work you try something else it's not a big deal you shift sales it's like with uh, almost like any business except for you guys um you know, building a very loyal client base, I think, for restaurants and bars is just such a cool thing. Because, like, John John was telling me uh, weeks before um, today, he's like, I love going to Rocks. He goes, Maggie and I go to Rocks all the time. It's like our spot to go to. And I feel like, obviously, I'm guessing you guys in every one of those locations have your regulars and then people who right. pass through. Right. Um, any ideas of a fourth location? Are you going to have River North kind of. I, I think it's, you know, waiting for the, the right the right opportunity it's not that we're locked into one future neighborhood it's what's the right opportunity that presents itself and you know we have people ask us all the time about oh can you look at this place and you want to make sure it's the right opportunity love that um when you got into the restaurant business did you have a business partner then did you guys do it together yeah we did together the whole thing right from the beginning and was that kind of the, the relationship started at you said cubby bear right yeah did you find, and this is a question I had somebody ask me yesterday, actually, and I'm just going off the uh, top of my head here. He said, you know, I'm trying to get a business partner. And my recommendation to him was try to find somebody who has a differing skill set than you, but the same mindset. Do you find that you mm-hmm. and your business partner have um, different skill sets, obviously, with the oh, same Oh, absolutely. Goal? No, and we both, we both tackle different things, and he's much better at, at many things than I am. So he does those things, and why waste your time trying to develop that skill if your business partner has it. Um, no, I, I think when you find a business partner, it's the most important thing because it's we call each other our work wives. 
because we're with each other all the time. We know each other probably too well. Um, and you know, if, if you pick the wrong person, I mean, everybody has a story about, Oh, my friend got into business with, with this person and they stole, they totally screwed him. And that's a very common thing. Mm-hmm. So since we've been in business for 14 years, I think we've only had three honest to goodness arguments in, in 14 years. And I remember one of them was over a wrestling figure that he wanted <laughs> to put up and I didn't like it. And I was kind of a jerk about it. And I <laughs> Who was re- the wrestling figure. I don't remember. He loves wrestling. I don't like wrestling. <laughs> And I think I said it in sort of a, a snotty way that I didn't like it and we're not that kind of place. But he was very upset. And then I got upset, but we got past it. And that's honestly one of the three biggest arguments we've ever had. John, I guess you're my work, what did you say, wife? Work wife, yeah. My work wife? Uh, Boy, a handsome yeah, looking wife that. you are. We <laughs> talk about, if we went on the newlywed game, and I think we do a great, like, you know, oh, what's his favorite thing, you know? I think we do great. I have a couple work wives then. I have you, I have Jeff, I have Tim. I have a lot of manly wives. Yeah. But I, I mean, I had a bad business partner too. And I, I, I agree with you that having differing strengths really allows you to, you know, almost let the chef do the cooking because you then don't have to learn those strengths. And you probably have a lot of strengths he doesn't have and he just won't ever have. I mean, he can develop them, but not to the level you have. And I, and I was telling the person yesterday, I said, if you can find that person who has the same mindset as you, but can comp- almost complement your weaknesses, sure, that's the key, I think, to a, a really good partnership. Yeah, I, and honesty. And honesty, yeah. You have to right. be straightforward with one right. another. If you're, if you're, and that's just in general. If you're a dishonest person, that's the, one of the few things with a, an employer or a manager that I just can't forgive is, is dishonesty. Because if you lie about something, well... I just assume that you're always going to be a liar and everybody makes mistakes and I never care. People make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Try not to do the exact same mistake twice. That's all I ask. And be honest when you make a mistake, say I I messed up. When I I try to admit like when we're the whole team is together, when I do something wrong, I tell everybody because frankly, I don't care. I make everybody makes mistakes. Right. And then they hear me say that. And I hope that they learn from that. And then when they make a stupid mistake, well, they'll tell They'll tell everybody what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maggie said Aaron, too. She forgot Aaron, so shout out to Aaron. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, you're going to forget somebody else, too, Maggie. We'll keep checking in so you can name everybody. She's, everybody. she's actually probably going to your Facebook page now and trying <laughs> nice. to figure out everybody's name. Uh, Mary Becker said, open one up in Wisconsin. Hello, Michelle, too, from, oh, from Mary. Mary. Hi, Mary. Um, so I do like cheese curds. Yeah. I was up mm-hmm. in Wisconsin this past weekend in Elkhart Lake, and great cheese curds. Yeah. Spotted oh, cow beer, and that's delicious. I had some spotted ah. cow as well. But uh, the Packers, it's tough. That's real it's tough. tough. for me to get past the Packers. Actually, I was, I was eating lunch, and this guy walked up, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, Bears are doing really well. Hope you guys do well next year. And he like kind of fist bumped me, and then he looked at me like, I'm just kidding, asshole. And I was like, oh, oh, damn it. You got I was burned. like, I, I couldn't believe a guy from Wisconsin was fist bumping me for that, and then he just kind of gave me a look. Like, I assume he was in camo, so you didn't really see him anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, great season, Packers. You guys did good. Mm-hmm. You guys will be great for the next couple seasons. No chance. Bastard. Um, anything you like doing in your free time outside of? Um, I've got two little around? kids, eight okay. and ten, two girls. So I uh, just got done coaching their basketball team. We were terrible. So oh. they were great. Did, so if they're listening, you guys were great. But uh, no. Did it was you play terrible. basketball growing up? I did, yeah. yeah. I'm 6'5, so I think you have to. Well, I'm not 6'5, but I played till the eighth grade when I stopped growing. I was a heck of a basketball player until my career came to a screeching halt when my height stopped. Thanks, jeans. Growing, yeah. <laughs> my biggest lie of my life was my doctor's growth chart because in eighth grade, it looked like I'd be 6'2, and then it just 
stopped. Yeah. I think everybody thinks they're going to be tall. Well, I was this big in eighth grade. I was a big eighth grader, and then it just it just stopped. But I have short parents, so. Well, maybe maybe if that wasn't your real dad, then you could be really ah, tall. Yeah, uh, that's right. Hopefully, your dad's there you not go, listening. Dad. Yeah, he might be. He, my dad always says I'm not his, anyways. He's like, I, oh, nice. So maybe this yeah, is a moment. You're, you're you our do old the, the you do the 23 and me, and you see what happens. That's right. Um, you guys have a Oscar party coming up. I want to make sure I don't miss that. That's not this weekend. The following weekend, yeah. correct? And is it at all locations or no? Just the one on Broadway, the Lake okay. location. It's great. Everybody dresses up. We do Oscar bingo for. Funny things that happen. Awesome. Um, prizes. Who's hosting this year? I think they went with no host. Oh, okay. Be- yeah. After the oh, no. after, after the Chris... Uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart thing, yeah. Oh, Speaking okay. of short people, yeah, you short guys people, could be I'm on a team. Taller than he like is. Like a five foot and under team. I'm five foot and under. <laughs> I don't know how I, tall you are. I see you stand five, up. Seven, five when seven. I'm in shoes and standing up <laughs> as, t- as tall as I can be. Yeah. But yeah, not a basketball player. Uh, yeah, no. So no host. Yeah, no host. That's crazy, no host. So what are they going to do? They just keep rolling in? I think yeah. they'll just bring other people in and they'll oh, know, like give an award. Mo- it won't be no one up non- there, just envelopes host. opening themselves. That doesn't sound very exciting. So they'll probably just have everybody who is presenting just speak and keep people engaged. Sure. I wonder if they're going to have a big opening act then, because usually it's the host doing the whole crazy. Because the Oscars always has the big opening act. Right, right? the Billy Crystal monologue, yeah. the musical number, those are always delightful. It's actually a really good idea because it's going to make people want to tune in and go, what's it going to be like? So it's actually very, from a marketing perspective, super yeah. smart. I actually do like that because it's something now, hey, we're talking about it and trying to figure out how they're going to do it and everybody's going to tune in to see how it was done. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they keep it going after this one, but I suppose it depends on if they are successful or they completely goof it up what else is the next controversy right yeah and who knows what sort of controversies we'll have a year from now exactly could be something there's certainly no 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 small amount of controversies these days no (laughs) especially with social media it spreads like wildfire yeah Mm -hmm. and both of you and i'll I'll touch i'll ask both of you this because this will be a good time to round table um do you find that social media has become a much easier way for you guys? And I'll ask you first, ladies first. Um, have you found that social media has become a great tool for you to be able to move your businesses forward and market? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, Facebook Messenger has like the best open rate of anything. I mean, people don't look at their email pretty much, right? Everyone's yeah. got their Facebook open. Everyone's looking at something and that messenger comes up and you're like, oh, you're gonna respond to that super quick. Um, It's just such an easy platform. I mean, they all are, we're very involved. Um, uh, Chicago Gateway Green on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram. I like Instagram too. I mean, today, this is how everyone's communicating. So if you're not involved with it, that's a shame because really they're all fantastic marketing and sales tools and and it's fun. People people like to see what everybody's doing. It's a quick, easy, you know, way just to communicate, and and it's very effective. Yeah. They say that the average person now spends seven hours a day on Facebook and Instagram combined. Now, I think wow. what they I think when they say that that probably has browser time at offices where people are sitting in a cubicle and not doing their work and on social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. But it's seven hours a day. So you're talking my math stinks almost a third of a day on social media. Yeah, I mean, crazy. so much of your information, so much of your news, so much of what's happening, where are you going, what are you doing, is just all right there. It's 
they break news faster than anything. I exactly. Mean, it, it, it's exactly. almost sad in the tragedy situations, Facebook gets to it first because mm -hmm. people are in real time uploading right. everything that's happening mm -hmm. to Facebook. Well, and a real news source has to get double confirmations of things and make sure what they're right. saying is correct where some, somebody on their Twitter feed can write whatever, whatever they want. Right, and it's instant, and then right. it, as soon as it goes viral. How about for you in the restaurant business? Because I know um, social media is great to get the word out, but people also love to bitch and complain on social media and things. Do you yeah. feel like... Yeah, I mean, we try to put our personality out there. We're a, a fun group, and we try to put that out there. But you're right. People do like to complain about things, and you know that's part of the social media world is the two-way thing. Where because And with Yelp, and everybody's opinion is super important. So you just have to deal with that sometimes. And we try not to engage when you have somebody that seems really mad because... You know, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, you're never going to take that dude who's real irritated and calm him down after he's already gone. No. And no. you know what I, and this is no, please Yelp if anybody, and actually I think I have one or two people who work at Yelp that are friends of mine. Please don't go and filter out all my good reviews on my businesses when I say this, but I feel like <laughs> it's... Uh, Yelp would say that they won't do that. Yeah, but they That's do. That's totally true. Um, but... I feel like people who, especially in the restaurant world, and again, going back to my buddies who are in the restaurant world, they say, for every one person that has a good thing to say, you have 10 that have bad things to say, but that's definitely not the ratio of our customers' experience in the restaurant. It's people go on to things like Yelp to complain. Sure. You rarely get somebody who walks out of a place and goes, that was amazing, I'm now gonna go write a review. So it's, it's so poorly skewed to the negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think people that go on Yelp on a very regular basis are normally the more negative type yeah. person. Not to make broad generalizations, but I, I would make that one. I think they probably are. I I probably agree with you. I mean, what are you going to do? Some people have jobs where they have very little influence and very little control, and they have this part of their life that they can control. They can log on and say that somebody was mean to them at Target in the line <laughs> yeah. and they're never going to go back to Target again and everybody shouldn't go there and they suck. And you know what? They they log off and they feel better and they think they're really stuck at the Target when Target <laughs> doesn't give a rat's ass about what they're talking about. Right. Well, I'm not saying that we don't care because we do. We read the reviews and you know if we can glean a overall problem, like let's say uh, we had an issue with delivery temperatures. So then we bought these heaters to keep the delivery bags in before they got taken out. Great. That was a very positive thing that was organic out of Yelp. But that's taking it from a, a large standpoint, not the one person who clearly, you know, hates you for whatever reason. Yeah. Because And probably hates himself. Typically. Right. Probably. Um, <laughs> do you do you guys deliver on all the deliveries, the grub? Yeah, everybody delivers Eats. now. It's everybody. No. Does well, I mean, that's the the market. That's the millennial. The millennial person now stays at home and they order McDonald's or Seven Eleven and play Fortnite. Yeah. And so you long. you know you have to be ready. You have to do. You have to give them what they want. And you look at the market trend. I mean, the the delivery business has gone up forty percent market-wide last year, which is oh, just, it's huge. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. one's the biggest um, delivery service for you guys? Is it Uber Eats? Is it Grubhub? Um, I'd say it's Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Yeah, but they, they fluctuate between them and Grubhub, and there's tons of them now. I love, I, I mean, I Uber Eats a lot even in the suburbs now. In Northbrook, the problem is things close quickly, and in the city, I could order things till 4 in the morning. I'm a late guy, but I love that it's, 
way faster for me at least than Grubhub was. Grubhub was no matter what, it took me about an hour. But Uber yeah. Eats just is highly dependent on if there's Uber drivers out and about. Right, and there mm -hmm. always are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think their portal's a little better that you can follow the driver delivering yes. you as opposed to the Grubhub that you can't do that as easily. Except I had an uh, Uber Eats driver about a month and a half ago eat my tacos and then just can cancel. No way. Swear. I, I no. ordered and I was starving and I saw the car driving <laughs> the wrong way because it said your food's been picked up. It lets you know and it was driving the wrong way. And then it stopped for a while and I'm just watching. I'm starving. I got to eat. It was my first meal of the day. It was dinner. And then it got canceled. I was like, well, how is that possible? So I call the restaurant. I'm like, did the guy pick it up? He goes, yeah, the guy picked it up. He goes, we, <laughs> he took your food. And I'm like, son of a bitch ate my food. We had, we had a guy in the last month pick up food, and then the person was watching them, and they pulled up to their house, and then they just sat there for like 15 minutes, and then they delivered the food, and they opened it up, and they said they had two tater tots in there. Get out of here. And he they called to tell you. us, and they're like, you know what? And we don't think it was you because we watched this guy. And we think he <laughs> ate them. And I'm like, yeah, he totally ate them. Well, so. like Josh said, he likes the tater tots. I think your so tater maybe, tots must be hot. Well, maybe it was Josh O's delivery driver. That's maybe possible. that's the issue. Josh, Josh if you're still watching, oh, let us know if you're eating busted. people's. And if you needed tater tots, Josh, you just ask. You don't steal them. Yeah. You dirty, <laughs> thieving tater tots steal. Yeah. Bag fries are good. I imagine bag tater tots are even better. I mean, they're, they're all good. Because right? I, could, I could never be an Uber Eats driver. Because if you put a bag next to me that has fries in it, I'm reaching over and I'm having some fries. Yeah. I delivered pizzas in college, and you didn't have to worry about that because you can't just take a slice of pizza. Right. right. I delivered uh, kamahachi so when I was in high school. So sushi hmm. out in Northbrook, and you can't really take sushi out either. No. Hmm. But fries and tater tots you can. Yeah. Any advice for somebody who's wanting to become an entrepreneur it could be in the restaurant world or just in general becoming an entrepreneur i would say uh do as much homework as you can you know have have more money than you think you're going to need because undercapitalization is the number one reason that you're going to go out of business and i would say like i touched on earlier have somebody to work with have a partner have a manager you know somebody that you can bounce ideas off of because I have friends that open restaurants without a business partner, and it seems tough because it's hard to know if you're making the right decision or not because there, there's a lot of coin flip decisions out there. And when you have somebody else that's just as invested as you, you know, financially, emotionally, uh, it just makes your life a lot easier and know that you're going to make mistakes. Right. And, and don't go into it thinking that every, everything you're going to do is going to be a home run because it's not, and that can't be your expectations. So have reasonable expectations, but then, you know, prepare and, and be, be mobile when something's wrong, pivot. I like that. We get a lot of advice on here and um, that's different than some of the advice and also really, really good. And I love the overcapitalization part. And uh, I've said this to people in the past, you probably are going to underestimate what it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. And you're also going to underestimate the time it's going to take for you to become profitable or successful. Make sure to overestimate. Sure. Both of those things. Yeah. And to the lady in the house, Michelle, any advice? Well, just sort of like what you were saying, you have to be adaptable. You know, be that chameleon because things are going to be one way and then all of a sudden something's going to happen. You didn't see it coming and you can't fall apart and freak out. You have to be able to just roll with the punches, you know, stand up straight and keep moving forward and figure it out. Um, surround yourself with really good people. Ask a lot of questions um i think that that's always really helpful no matter what just 
go ahead and, and get your own mentors and, and, you know, take that advice. Be humble. Don't be too big for your britches and know that uh, anything that you're going to undertake is, you know, there will be. You keep saying something that really resonates, which is it's okay to make mistakes because you're going to learn from them. And sure. A lot of people are so worried about being a failure, looking like a failure. Oh, my gosh. And then they, they don't then, as a result, take those risks or chances or grow because they don't want to be a failure to in the spotlight or to someone or and they're afraid, and that just hinders their growth and ultimately their organization's growth. You gotta, you gotta go ahead and take that risk and believe in yourself and go for it. And if you make a mistake, know that someone will be there and has your back and will hold your hand and say, all right, let's pick up the pieces and let's move forward and, and learn from that mistake, and that's key. And if you're that type of a boss, lucky employees that you have, because I'm sure they are feeling very loyal and want to be with you because that's what people need. People need to feel right. that way. They're leading by example. And it's, uh, you both touched on the idea of almost failing forward. So if it, it's inevitable, like we said, to fail. But if you fail, learn from it and fail forward. Don't make the same mistake and go backwards. So if you fail, don't quit. Just keep on marching forward. Mm -hmm. Great advice. What do you like to do in your free time, Michelle? Because you do a lot of stuff. Oh, well, do, you any, do you have any free time? <laughs> Not really. And I, you know, uh, my son has a pet turtle. Okay. So what's what's I have the pet the, turtle's name? I hope you know uh, because I just put you on the spot. Yeah, it's Harambe after the... Oh. After the, the gorilla that the was murdered? Correct. Yeah. Nice. That's yes. a happy thought. Well, so, you know, yeah. he, he lives story. on in our house. <laughs> he, I have to say that. His spirit lives on. Uh, he's a great little turtle Don't and I make sure he has cage. a clean cage. Don't those live a long time? He's living a long time, I But does that say. mean that you have to get this little thing after he goes off to college? Correct. Uh, this little thing is turning into a big thing. But I got to tell you, I love this little turtle. It's so funny how one night he was in Chinatown with a group of kids and came home and said, here you go, we have a new pet. It was this tiny, tiny He bought it turtle. on his own? Yeah. In Chinatown. Huh. Yeah. They sell turtles. And, I'm and not sure that was a legal turtle. I'm sure, I don't know. Bought it out of a trunk. I Who knows? But now this thing is quite my responsibility and I do love him so you know besides cleaning the turtle though I'm, besides that I like to do pretty much everything I'm a social butterfly I have a lot of friends and going out and trying all the different restaurants and um, you know just you know being being with my friends being with my family and just you know exploring Chicago there's we were talking about it this morning you know again there's even more you know with restaurant week just passing and sure. all the James Beard award-winning restaurants and I mean, there's just so much to do in this city that, uh, and now coming up with, you know, springtime is around the corner. There's just so many great events that are in the season. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, and we had uh, Candace on a few weeks ago and we were mm -hmm. talking about this and we said, it's endless how many events or things you could go to in Chicago. I mean, you could literally go to, never go to the same place twice live in Chicago, go out every single night, and you're going to get a different experience every single night. There's so much to do. There's so many things to do. There's so many great charities. There's so many um, cultural events, um, art exhibits. I mean, whatever. And I happen Museums. to love all of that. Um, theater. This city just has absolutely everything, no matter what your taste is. You know, so Or if you just want to be outside and, and walk around and take in all of Park. I mean, yeah. you know, so... You cannot get bored, and yes, my time is taken up all the time, but that's okay. Tim, other than uh, coaching basketball, um, do you have any pets? No pet turtles? 
No, we've got a couple of guinea pigs, but I think they are going to die soon. So they don't Uh-oh. have they don't have the turtle lifespan. No, my kids wanted a bird, and we looked up how long they were going to live, and I Forever. said, "The hell with that," because <laughs> I don't care unless one day it can just fly away, and everybody yeah. just deals with that. Well, my sister's a veterinarian, so growing up, we had virtually every sort of pet because she would just bother my parents until we had them, and we had birds. We had like cockatiels, and a yeah. they don't shut up yeah. all night long, so you, you put like a sheet over them, but they just they don't shut up, and if they want attention, they just make a mess of their bird food and throw it all over the floor so probably a good idea yeah no if you go to chinatown you can get a turtle <laughs> nice you got a turtle guy <laughs> well, our son does our son exactly. has a turtle guy it's right next to the turtle soup place <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the turtle that uh was salvaged from mm-hmm. the right. turtle soup place okay um john do we have any announcements for next week before uh, i wrap up with our guests well we're kind of on the fence as far as announcements uh we have scheduled for next week Mr. Paul Vallis, who is running for mayor. Uh, there's been a little bit of a scheduling snafu. So well, you're just getting, breaking this news to me on air, John. We are breaking my heart. <laughs> we're getting it figured out. So we might uh, run a little bit early, run a little bit late, do a midnight show. Who knows? <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a busy guy. He's got he's busy, um, yeah. Yeah. a big time of the year coming for him. Yeah. So. But he is, he's running hard. He's one of the top three uh, candidates right now. And uh, we're hoping to have him for the full episode. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, any other than, uh, are you a book reader? I know of books. Is of that books? what I mean? Yeah. No, I only read. Not, not I, a big I, reader. I, I, don't really, I, I read on vacation for yeah. fun. That's about it. Okay. My, it's funny because my business partner, Jeff, at Main Street always tells me this because I like reading. I, I, actually, I listen more now. I listen to Audible. And um, Jeff always tells me, listen, I don't like reading. You can cliff notes whatever the heck you're reading and just, yeah. and just give me the little the highlights of what's good in each one. Yeah. Same for you? Yes. Any shows you like? I mean, I should ask you both that because mm. both uh, in theater. I love The West Wing. I still watch reruns of The West Wing really? to make me feel happy to be a Democrat. <laughs> I think it's a guilty Democratic pleasure, especially yeah. with the current state of affairs. Yeah, I got so. 18 more months for you. Yeah, well, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Sweet Jesus. <laughs> That'll be an... In- Talking about what will be very well spoken about on social media leading into the next election. Right. I imagine that is going to be a hot no. Facebook, Instagram on, topic. What is it you speak of? We might have another <laughs> government shutdown in two days. Yeah, politics is going to be big in this next one. I think what's crazy is... and. This is talking about politics a little, which we really don't do on air. But Facebook, when you want to run an ad now for anything political. So we had um, our good buddy Gary McCarthy on um, not so long ago, and we tried to boost the post, which is Mm -hmm. something we like to do for all of our guests after Mm -hmm. the show, and we boost the clips. And they said, sorry, it's political. You can't boost it. You're not accepted to put political content on a Facebook business page. So mm-hmm. I literally had to, um, you have to give them part of your social security number. You have to take a photo of your ID. They mail to your house now an actual code that you have to then put in because I think they really did think there was manipulation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. ads and the election the last time there was so an election. So Facebook only takes money if it's from Russia. Yes. Right, well, actually, no, fair. now they won't take money from Russia. They'll uh, only sure technically they take, take it from the US. From Russia. But, well, <laughs> if you're from Russia but have a US address, I think you're fine. That's, you I, just have to have some place yeah. where that in the U.S. where that uh, code <laughs> goes. But the crazy thing was, um, 
in the past, we had no problems posting stuff like that mm. on business pages. But now you actually have to verify yourself as a U.S. resident. To oh, good for it. them. I mean, yeah. Which was interesting. We had no idea until we got done and I tried to boost that post a hundred yeah. times and they just I'm kept, sure. they kept oh. rejecting it. We kept trying to change it and take the verbiage and change it. And we were just right. flagged like, nope. Nope. Facebook's like not happening. <laughs> How about you, Michelle? Any, um, any shows you love? Um, I'm not really so much a show person because I'm not home that often. I do love the History Channel, National Geographic, mm-hmm. Travel Channel. I like to um, sort of just sit down and anything educational that way I really enjoy. Of course, I like to watch the news too because I am a news junkie. Um, so that's sort of... I'm not really, right now I'm trying to catch up on movies before Oscars just to try and see as many movies as I can before, uh, I haven't seen Star Wars Born yet, but I want to see that I one. I haven't either. Although she won a lot of um, uh, at the Grammys. Grammys. Yeah, she killed I it at the Grammys. I did catch the Grammys and I was so impressed with the Grammys this year and I yeah. can't say that I have been um, over the past few years. I just thought it was beautifully done. Like. Everything was great about it. Alicia Keys played two pianos at once. That was crazy. It's kind of a show-off move, though. Yeah, for sure. She's not looking at either one. Nope. Come on, Alicia Keys. Nope. Like, I get it. You're great. We all get it. Double, (laughs) twice the amount of normal pianos. That was, uh, if you're going to show off, play two pianos. Right. Because now everybody's going to be like, well, I'm going to try to play two pianos. Maybe you throw a harmonica in there. Who knows? Sure. I thought she was a great hostess. Yeah, she was. I liked, I just liked the whole entertainment, the whole, even the Dolly Parton. I was going to say that was my favorite. I I just, she's a cutie pie. Everybody was just fun this year. And it was like, I don't know. It was lighthearted. I just didn't. Some of the awards show get a little heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Like they get, the social commentary gets so thick. And you you realize, well, you can't fix all society's ills during this three-hour telecast to give each other awards. Yeah, you're there to have facilitate a good time and an award show, not get across your political opinion the entire show. Not the entire show. Yeah, not the entire show. I have to say that Lady Gaga, who I just love in general, she's so talented, but her comments about reaching out if you know someone who has mental illness, who's depressed in any way, like I just thought that was fantastic. I just thought that was from her heart. And it wasn't... It could be for anybody, right? It's not political or anything. That's just your fellow man and be kind to whoever because you don't know what they're going through. Right. And I think that was a beautiful thing for her. It was a great message. Mm -hmm. But Dolly Parton was my favorite, uh, my favorite act there. Mm -hmm. May just be because she's uh, young. Dolly Parton was maybe one of my favorite from nine singers. to five yeah from big dabby coleman fan yeah that was uh i'm a country music fan and uh dolly parton's young look i was a big fan of so i was a big fan of dolly parton's act um and she still she could still sing you you have a lot of singers that by the time they get to dolly's age they lose their voice but she sounded like dolly parton she diana sounded, ross was fantastic yeah she, oh, that's another one she She's was a boss too. and what is she 73 or 70 they're both i think in their mid-70s i mean diana ross Man, she was, again, I was just like, wow, she did a good job, too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I got to check up on some of the uh, movies as well, because now I watch a lot of podcasts. I watch some um, some netcasts, and then on Netflix, I'll binge watch, because I won't go home every night and watch something, but if I can binge watch a show in two days, I'll do that. I, I was just, hoping one yeah. of you said Game of Thrones, because I'm excited to see Game I, of Thrones. I just saw a film that I absolutely love with Matthew McConaughey called White Boy Rick. Okay. Have you seen that one? Yeah. That was a very good movie. Yeah, that's good. Matthew McConaughey, just like Christian Bale, has such range. I did just see Vice, 
Mm-hmm. And that was mind-blowing, in my opinion, how Christian Bale. And he was unbelievable to me. He was Dick Cheney. Christian Bale, for every role, really gets himself involved in that role. I mean, if you've seen The Machinist, it's, it's unbelievable oh, what yeah, he disgusting. did to himself yeah. to, to get there. So, I mean, Christian Bale, I think, is 6'1 or 6'2. He was 128 pounds. I mean, if you haven't seen The Machinist, it's it's crazy. Do Google before and after Christian Bale Machinist, and it's it's unbelievable. But everything everything he plays in, he's. I like that rant too when he yells at somebody. For Googling <laughs> yeah, the stuff. camera you might as guy. Well Google when he yells at that camera yeah, guy. That's oh, pretty man. sweet. He he ripped that poor camera guy yeah, apart. That's really good. That I think that hurt his image so much. Ah, too. Ridiculous. Everybody has a low moment out there, yeah. and I'm sure he was getting his ass kicked that day. This guy's moving stuff. He he loses it. Lost. I thought it. it was delightful. It, it was. Hey, listen. For everybody who got to listen to it, it was uh, a very entertaining piece. But he's an exceptional actor. And Matthew McConaughey too. Oh, both of them. I mean, Matthew McConaughey has some great roles as well. All of it. And those, those Buick guys. commercials. Oh, just yeah. so great. Yeah. Just Perfect so deep. Commercials. Christian Bale reminds me of the one actor who, um, his name is escaping me right now, My Left Foot. Um, who is that actor? He was in My Left Foot. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. That guy is an amazing actor, too, and I haven't seen much of him. Like, Gina, nice job over there. Yeah, I was going to say, what were we going to do without you? <laughs> Look, Gina, she was... Four shout-outs today. Very She's good. over there. She's, sending, she's giving us all notes, fact-checking. She was shaking her head at the Game of Thrones. Like, you Game of Thrones fan? Thumbs up over there. There's only two of us in here. Usually everybody's a Game of Thrones My fan, business but... partner loves Game of Thrones, and I won't watch it because he tells me to watch it all the time, and I, I constantly make comments about it, and it drives him crazy. Like, I'll say, so how many Thrones were there in this latest episode? And, and like the games. There are so many games. So and it just, games. he gets so mad at me. So Game of Thrones fans, obviously, are now kind of like a, like a it's a cult following, and all my friends who don't watch Game of Thrones. We're sick of it. Yeah, you guys are sick of it. We don't care. We're not watching your stupid show. Stop asking us. I think I've turned five or six people in the last, between the last season and this one into Game of Thrones fan. So maybe there's hope for you. No, there's There's hope. hope. I'm not going to watch it. Because it's April. So if you start watching now, you're going to be caught up and know everything that's going on. The problem would be, even if I loved it, I would have to, I could never talk about right. it because my business partner would never shut up about how great it was and that he was right. You would never admit. It would, I, would, I would go to the grave watching every episode, but not telling one person. You may have already watched every episode and this is all a front. Oh, that's and true. You're like a huge fan mm. and we just figured it out. <laughs> Did the games comment give it away? Are there yeah. a lot of games? <laughs> and how many thrones are there? Is it just the one? There's six. really there's literally six thrones. That seems like too many thrones to keep yeah. track of. But it's I already a game. don't it's a, like it's it. It's one game for. Oh, aren't there a lot throne. of dragons too? There's a shitload of dragons, Three right? Dragons. I always make not. dragon comments too. And I also don't. I'm, as an adult, I try not to watch anything with dragons. See, but that's how I was too. I was not a fan of that fantasy dragon type show. And my sister read all the books. I definitely would not read the books. I mean, they're that thick. And for all those poor people that read the books, did you read the books over there? You did read the <laughs> wow. books when. Do you know what happens in the final season? Does everybody die? I assume everyone dies. No, he. No, give me a break. The poor guy that was writing the books, the show surpassed the books, so now his books are useless. He can't even write the book anymore. The show really goofed up his book writing, his book sales. So hopefully they're giving him something for it. But you guys can do Game of Thrones trivia now, and then me and your business partner will battle, and you'll probably know know the answers. I do host a trivia night. Like we have trivia at the bars, and I'm the host on Tuesday night at our. North Center location. Okay. And every call, Tuesday? Every Tuesday, 8 o'clock. We call it NC-17 Trivia because it is inappropriate at times. Mm. And oh. as am I. 
I've tried to tone I'm, it down here. Every Tuesday night? Every Tuesday at 8. Oh, we got to go, John. Absolutely. We'll try to eat the burger. We'll see which one of us eats more of it. And sure. then we'll hopefully be able to stick around and um, play some inappropriate trivia. I'm, I'm down. Absolutely. Perfect. Highly inappropriate. Are you going to have any, oh, inappro- any inappropriate Game of Thrones I, how would I write that? I because don't know. Because you you've seen them all. I haven't. It would have to be just all terrible jokes <laughs> about the dragons and, I don't know, the one woman with white hair and then there's Holy some scene? red wedding stupid thing that everybody's like, oh, did you see the red wedding? Nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> She's shaking her head. The red wedding ruined your night that night when you watched <sighs> it. She is. We're going to have to have you on and me and you will just chat Game of Thrones. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll John's be like, John's like, great. That's awesome. We'll <laughs> tune in. Uh-huh. Tim's like, I'm tuning into the whole thing. Tim will have a different Facebook <laughs> right. profile, and he'll be commenting all about Game of Thrones right. the whole time. I write a lot of fan fiction, so <laughs> yeah. it's all, it's all uh, fan fiction erotica. Sim Thepperson. Yeah. We'll flip the uh, first letters. Yeah. Well, we, we went way over because you guys are a whole lot of fun. Thank you to both of you for coming on the show. Um, next week, John... Maybe at 3 o'clock, maybe at 1 o'clock, maybe at midnight. Who knows? Not too late. i got to go to uh, Mexico on Thursday the 21st, which okay, is well, also the Winter Green Day. The winter Green. Starting it at is. 6 o'clock. Yes. See how we wove that Apogee. in there at the end? Yep. Like that? Very good. Full circle. Thank you. Full circle. All Genius. the way back. Um, check out um, Rocks. Check out um, Winter Green mm-hmm. and Gateway Green. Thank mm-hmm. you for everything you guys do for the city of Chicago. It, and we said it earlier, I think we can all agree, because we're all from Chicago, have businesses in Chicago, um, and the idea of Wheelhouse was to showcase Chicago. We have an incredible city, and the fact that you guys put so much effort and so much of your time into beautifying Chicago and keeping it the way it is, um, is awesome. So thank you for, thank you for that. Thank better you for and better. Mm-hmm. And um, John, anything from you before we wrap up? No, we're good. Cool. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Who knows at what time? Um, It should be very, very cool. We are excited to chat with another mayoral candidate. We are indeed. Mr. Vallis, make make your way over here. At whatever time you want. (laughs) We'll have a seat waiting. We'll be here all day. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week. In three, two, one.